0: the Lord. Father, we praise your name. Fill this place indeed, Father. you're well today. It doesn't matter what others will do. I want to draw closer to you. Could we sing Jesus' Hallelujah? Let's all worship the Lord tonight. Jesus, praise your name. You are my strength and you are my song. You are everything to me. Jesus and I- sing it again Jesus Everything to
1: me. Father, tonight we want to thank you for this privilege you've given to us that we can once again come into your house and reach out in our spirits, Father, in hoping that your spirit will touch our spirits and give us a quickening tonight. We thank you, dear Father, for our Lord Jesus, who means so much to us. And we ask that you'll give us more of his his nature and his characteristics and the love and the peace and the the patience and everything that goes with him, Father. As we continue to serve you, Lord, would you make this possible in our lives. Bless this weekend. We want to give you thanks for all the good things you have done for us and Lord we also give you thanks for the trials you have brought along our path uh, to help us to go stronger in your ways. Tonight we thank you for Brother Abrio and we ask that you will touch him Father, and strengthen him. Lord we know death will is inevitable and every one of us will lose loved ones and one day we ourselves will depart this life. So encourage us during these times of sorrow, helping us to understand that we can develop good qualities and good characteristics, Lord, through trying times. Touch our minds, we pray. We thank you for helping Brother Ronnie, Lord, and, and uh, helping him that that situation would not have been a serious one. But you're God of goodness, and we praise and we thank you. We pray that everyone listening tonight and following us on this on this live stream would uh, would receive a blessing and a challenge in their lives father we ask in Jesus wonderful name amen and amen and we praise God <clears throat> praise the Lord you know um, I've said so many things over the years uh, preaching for Uh, Over 50 years You make a lot of statements And sometimes if I'm to look back at the past When I was a young man And uh, you get up there and you preach in the flesh You preach as much as you can Uh, You stand in front of a cinema And preach and draw the crowds out from a cinema Uh, We were very challenging young men as we grew up but well, we live in a day and an age where I don't see that zeal and enthusiasm among the young people growing up in church, and I pray that God will raise up uh, in our assemblies and around the world, in other assemblies and in the work of God, men that are are zealous about the things of God. And among the many things I've said, you have often hear me say and. I don't think I know any other preacher that makes statements like I would make, you know, seemingly dumb statements like, I wish all the Bibles disappear. Somebody says, why you want all the Bibles disappear? Well, you know, if all the Bibles were to disappear, here's the good thing about it. I wouldn't have so many people trying to teach me when God never called them to the ministry. And I would not have everyone so comfortable that you got the word of God at your home Well one of these days i'll take time to show you that the scripture You can have a million copies of the bible And still don't have the word of god You can have one billion copies of the bible every known translation And still not have the word of god because scripture that is sitting in front of me by itself is dead. It's lifeless. The Word by itself will kill you. It will only educate you, not illuminate you. It is the Spirit of God that touches the minds of men that bring to, the, bring to light uh, directions and guidance that God wants us to follow in our day. Now, you know, a man like me preaching for so many years, I know exactly what to tell you during a time when we have a pandemic or something like that. This is good experience for us. Uh, We're knowing what scriptures to get into. And that is important. Uh, You might say, Brother Singh, you talked about this. You talked about the judgment hitting North America. Well, yes, I did. Because Isaiah talked about it. But thing you talked about um, uh, the, the plagues being poured out. Well, that's true because John talked about it. And so I can reach on in and grab things that these men said and see how best I can bring it to your attention. But won't it be good if I had such a connection with God, I would tell you more specifically what date this country would be on a lockdown? Won't it be a great thing, the same God that I'm claiming talking to me all the time, if he gives me a little more specific information that I can look at you and says, well, you know what? You would lose your job in two weeks and you need to start praying that God will help you through that process. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be good if I can come here and say, As you know, the Lord showed me this morning... Uh, That uh, there'll be a hurricane coming on such and such a date, and it will destroy such and such a place. That I need to send a message to the children of God living there to flee out of that. Just like the angels led Lot out of Sodom before it got burned up. Won't that be good? Well, it would be a wonderful thing. And I feel that we are too comfortable with scriptures in our hands And uh, what Paul said and what Peter said and what Isaiah said and what Jeremiah said That I scarcely hear from God for myself Now we've said this over and over again That uh, the Old Testament uh, was put together uh, Before the Old Testament era came to an end And I think it was called The Septuagint version Uh, It was put together The Hebrew scriptures were put together And there were sections that were Later translated into Greek And all kinds of languages The point is Isaiah did not read Jeremiah in order to preach What Isaiah wanted to preach Uh, When Amos came on the scene He did not build an ark because Noah built one Every man in the Bible, whatever period of time they were living in, heard from God. They did not borrow a message from the prophets, even though they stood on the foundations of the apostles and prophets. If you look at Jesus when he was preaching, or you look at Paul when Paul was writing, occasionally they will quote a scripture from the Old Testament But the meat that they were giving to the people in that period of time was fresh, not packaged, fresh direction from God. It was telling God's people specifically what they needed to do. And that is what I'm praying. I'm praying, oh God, help us that we'll just not depend on what Isaiah said and Jeremiah said, and all of that is good because we are built upon that foundation. But won't it be nice if we, like the New Testament church, can be able to produce a New Testament rather than depending on the New Testament to produce us. Amen. The New Testament church did not have a New Testament. And no matter how smart we are, You see, I must come here and devise a message that I can preach to you and hope I can grab Uh, tonight. I'm going to be pulling a few scriptures from Paul and from James and from Job and a few things that's in my mind. I will share some of that with you, but it would be so nice if we can hear from God, preachers can hear from God for themselves. Until that happens, I have little confidence in what we are doing. Because God's people need direction. I use the word speculate because I don't want to be that arrogant and exalted and ignorant in saying, Well, this is the trumpets. Well, I told you that a trumpet is a warning, right? And we, when we look at the trumpets, we have all those areas happening in the world. I look at a picture, a satellite caption of the, of the earth, and there's so much uh, smoke covering sections of the earth from forest fires. But you know what? This pandemic and all the forest fires we're having right now is seemingly a fulfillment of the trumpets come telling us, telling us something is about to transpire. This is the tip of the iceberg. Listen, I'm not just a prophet of doom, but guess what? A religious world, a hypocritical church and a hypocritical world and an ungodly world need to understand that if we don't repent and turn to God, we will experience doom and judgment. When God is ready to judge the world, the merchants of the earth in Revelation 18 will cry, Because businesses will not just be affected and we get, you know, a little support from the government to keep our businesses rolling. There'll come a time when the money market will go down. And when that happens, when the judgment of God really hits the earth, you see, God is giving us a little trial. This is a trumpet sounding. I'm not saying these seven trumpets. I'm saying this is a warning, a trumpet warning. Telling us that the worse is yet to come. If we do not respond to what God is doing today. According to what God demands. Then the worse is still to come. And it is sad. It is sad. And I'm tempted to go into the book of Revelation. Maybe I will just for a minute here. It is, it is sad. In the book of Revelation. In the uh, first few chapters. In chapter... In chapter 8, it starts to tell you about the trumpets. And then chapter 9, it continues uh, to tell you all these judgments are happening. Chapter 8, the first angel sound and judgment is uh, hitting the earth. Trees are burnt up. And remember, John is seeing a vision. And if he's seeing a section, uh, whatever he's seeing, he's telling you what he's seeing. If he's seeing a location and he's seeing one third of the trees in that location burning up. That's all he can tell you what he sees. Then the other thing that we need to consider is Revelation is a book of symbols. And some of the things he sees might be very symbolic. Uh, Someone told me that, you know, there's coming soon uh, the time when the saints would be martyred. And I mentioned that I believe the saints are being martyred spiritually right now And uh, the world is waiting for physical martyrdom. I believe there are Christians, hundreds and thousands of Christians right now, being deceived and martyred, spiritually speaking, and they think they're serving God, but their faith is really undermined by the beast and by the devil, and they don't even know it. There are saints that might be sitting in this assembly, that might be spiritually... Uh, dead, going into a dead zone. You might be a spiritual zombie because you don't have a relationship of God that gives you that life that you need. And so, here in Revelation chapter 8 and chapter 9, it goes down and it talks about these judgments of God. Verse 7 tells you about the earth uh, being judged and trees burnt up. Uh, verse 8 tells you about a second plague, a second trumpet. Uh, sounding And it was uh, cast into the sea And there was uh, the creatures in the sea And the sea was polluted Alright A third angel in verse 10 tells you The fountains of water Drinking water Was affected uh, Throughout the entire region That John is having this vision for Are these things happening in our day? <clears throat> yes Is it the trumpet? I don't know what it is But I think it's a warning So if it's a warning, it might be a trumpet being blown to warn us. All right? To warn us that what you're seeing, the worst is yet to come. And even though this is a warning, when the fourth angel uh, sounded in verse 12, the sun was smitten and the moon and the stars, the heavenly bodies were affected. And you know, John can only use his vocabulary in that time uh, because the sun ...has been affected for a long time. Uh, you listen to a science, a science program... ...and they said that like, the sun is losing its strength. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I can only tell you what they say. And the ozone is being depleted. So one time when you walk and enjoy your vitamin D... ...from a morning sunrise... ...now you got to put sunblock and uh, all kinds of things... ...to protect yourself from the rays of the sun... And then it goes down here And I don't want to be spending all my time Talking about this tonight In chapter 9 It tells you about the fifth angel And then in verse 1 And then verse 13 Tells you about the sixth angel sounding Do you know when all of this happened The verses I want to bring your attention to Is when all of these warnings Are happening Verse 20 And the rest of the men Which were not killed The rest of the men Which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands. See, as long as a man's work still is there and he can still get something to, to rely on, he do not think he needs to repent. If tomorrow morning you discover that something serious happened and your bank account vanishes, Would you get nervous? If you lose your job, you can't... Well, if the banks go under, you lose your job. Unless you're working for free. If that happens, you will get nervous. Well, a child of God don't have to wait until that happens. We can get our hearts right with God now. Because what is happening in the world you think will drive men to serve God... Listen, I don't expect the ungodly people To make changes in their lives I expect the godly people To make changes in their lives And so this is important That we understand But here's the sad part He says, the rest of men Which were not killed by these plagues Yet repented not of the works of their hands For that they should not worship devils And idols of gold And silver And brass and stone, and of wood, uh, which neither can see, nor hear, nor walk, neither repented they of their murderers, their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Now all of that, that's a big subject. It's a mighty big subject because uh, there's a lot of spiritual application here because we can sit down, and get be comfortable like that frog or that, uh, that, uh, that frog in, hot, in the tipped water until it boils him. And that can happen to us. We can so fabricate whatever we're doing that we're comfortable in our hypocrisy. I am not comfortable with the amount of con- connection I have with the Lord. I'm an emotional person. I can get really emotional and cry and things like that. I told my family, as somebody, I'm, I'm thinking of Brother Abri and how he's suffering and he's going through and he must be at that grave all the time. Well, if someone important to me die and they're buried in a cemetery somewhere, I think I'll be at the grave all the time too. And you lose that after a year, two years, three years, four years. You lose that connection because you know they're just bones sitting down at the bottom. But if a young child dies, what will a parent do? It don't, you see, you can't imagine what someone goes through unless you go through that yourself. And we grieve. We go through agony. And when I'm thinking of what's happening in the world, people need more than COVID-19. To jar their attention. We need more than this. To bring our attention to God. I'm waiting for the time when God will judge the world and I hope I'll be alive during that period of time. Why you want to be alive? Because guess what? I need to tell the people what to do. If we have individuals that would be able to give direction and tell the people what to do, I believe, Lord, to be absent in the body is to be present with you. I'm glad to go on. But Paul said, he says, I want to go on with God. that scripture. Find it for me. It's a beautiful scripture where Paul says, he says, um, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. But it's necessary, it's needful that I don't leave right now. Beautiful area. Uh, While the elders are finding that, the rest of the saints can uh, can follow me here. It says these idols of gold and brass and stone and wood, uh, all people still have it. So they don't need to repent while there comes a time when God will move all of that. And Revelation traces that. Find that scripture for me? Uh, uh, Hold your finger in Revelation, the... Uh, The uh, ninth chapter And let's look at 2nd Corinthians chapter Chapter 5 And we'll talk about some of this tomorrow Because I'd like to talk a little bit And I've been hoping to do this About concerning Paul Where is this? Verse Verse 8 Paul writes and he says He says uh, we walk by faith Verse 7 not by sight We are confident I say And willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Listen, uh, unlike individuals that say that, you know, this dead person, don't cry. They're gone to be in a better place. No, you're not gone to be in a better place. You're dead. You're going to grave. But that person is not going to suffer anymore. If that person has a cancer that is giving them pains and agony, when they die, they not suffer anymore. There's rest. We, we, we put it on the grave, we said rest in peace. Yet, we don't believe it. The world makes a statement that they really don't believe. And as I'm sitting talking to you tonight, I praise God. This past week I said God bless Brother Goodwin. He's not around to see the hell that's going on in the world. I said God bless Brother Voris. God bless Brother Archer. God bless my mama. God bless my dad. That they're not living in this. But we are. And I wish I didn't have to live here. You know how many times I said Lord can you come quickly If you come today I'll be happy And all of this confusion And all of this evil That's existing in the world But Paul says Oh I want to be absent in the body And present with the Lord Because the next event Is not that you're absent now And you're going away Right away to be with the Lord No the next event in your life Is to be present with the Lord they that are Christ, Christ is the first fruits, and they that are Christ, when would they be resurrected? At his coming. Amen. Amen. Paul told Timothy, he says, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Rebuke and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when uh, <clears throat> I have to find that scripture. I'm losing my memory here. Uh, But in 2 Timothy, in chapter 4, he says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus. Just the first one. Who shall judge those that are alive and those that are dead when? At his appearing and his kingdom. Nobody receives that judgment, even though you're laid aside. You don't receive that judgment now. But when the Lord returns... Christ the first fruits, and afterwards, day of the Christ at His coming, you'll be resurrected to receive your rewards or your judgment or whatever at His second coming. Amen. Yes. And so Paul is saying this to the church at Corinth. He says, um, verse, um, uh, verse, verse eight in Second Corinthians five. He says, "We're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body." And be present with the Lord He says that is such a wonderful thing I'm suffering so much Tomorrow we'll talk a little bit About Paul and his, uh, his Journey uh, on this earth he says, um, uh, he says Wherefore we labor That while we're present Or absent we may be accepted Accepted of him He says <clears throat> whether we're dead Or we're alive We want to be pleasing God in all things for we must all appear before the judgment seat That everyone must give an account uh, There is another scripture <clears throat> That talks about this And I think it might be in Philippians Or Galatians somewhere where Paul says uh, He says I, it's rather, I prefer to stay uh, That I might be A help to you he sa- I think he says some preach The, the gospel out of uh, Envy and strife a Beautiful area of the word of God he says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ That everyone might receive the things done in his body According to that which he had done Whether it be good and bad uh, He says uh, that's this beautiful area of the word of God But that's not exactly the scripture I want I want a scripture where he says <clears throat> it, it, it's, it's needful that I remain uh, with you uh, Philippians 1 Philippians no, it let me see if that is Philippians chapter 1 it I think it is in Philippians chapter 3, uh, chapter three Sounds more like it uh, Philippians chapter uh, what does it say in chapter uh, Philippians chapter 1 uh, what verse is it uh, verse yes that's uh, that might be for me to live is Christ and to die is gain if I live in the flesh this is the fruit of my labor yet what I sh- shall choose I what not I'm betwixt Verse 23 Philippians chapter 1 And verse 23 Paul says I'm betwixt uh, two, uh, Having a desire to depart He says I want to go Absent with the In the body Present with the Lord Right I have a desire I'm caught in a snare here I would Not a snare I'm caught between Making two decisions He says One, one decision I'm anxious to go To be with the Lord so I don't have pains no more. I'm not stoned anymore. I'm not dealing with rejections anymore. But I'm, I'm going to be with the Lord. They laid me down in the grave. Uh, like Brother Goodwin is laid down. Like David is resting in the grave. Uh, like uh, Abraham is resting in the grave. Like Jeremiah is resting in the grave. It was a blessed day when all these apostles uh, were finally out of this miserable world. Uh, They didn't have to suffer anymore. They didn't have to suffer hunger or do without uh, clothes or a shelter and walk around uh, uh, facing nakedness. Uh, Paul says, he said, nevertheless, verse 24, he says, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you people. I need to stick around because of you. The man was anxious to go, but he had to stick around. Mm-hmm. I am anxious to go, but because of the misery and the chaos and the tragedies in the world that my family and my church and the people I know have to face, I like to stick around to be here while we're going through these trials. And so when you think about it here in Back in Revelation, the ninth chapter, uh, when all of this element is still in our lives, we don't want to repent. You see, I still got a job to go, so I miss church to go. I still have a money in the banks, so I don't need to pray. You know, <clears throat> if God wants you to pray, he can empty your pockets. If the only time you pray is when your pockets are empty and your bills are due and they will seize your house and the mortgage has come due and you don't have money to pay, you'll find how fast you get on your knee and pray. But when you have an abundance, there's a danger in abundance of wealth. Oh, you can have an abundance of wealth and still serve God. But when you make your wealth and your possessions and your earthly things and your all this thing, you glory in. Idols of gold and idols of silver. It's not literal idols. See, uh, John writing here, it's not, he's not, he might be thinking it might be literal. But in our day, idolatry is different than it was uh, 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago or 6,000 years ago. Idolatry is a whole lot different. And so today, God's children need to examine ourselves and see what's happening. As we move on into Revelation, you move into chapter 10. And chapter 10 tells you about the Lord Jesus. I believe it is the Lord Jesus, this angel coming down from heaven. One foot of the land, one foot of the sea. He sounded, uh, he roars like a lion. You know, he's not coming back as a a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. But when he returns to this earth, he's coming as a lion of the tribe of Judah. He will roar. And this book, if I am alive at that time, and I'm privileged to hear these seven thunders that will utter their voice, I would never say again the word speculate on the book of Revelation. Because they receive a message that no man has heard. Yet today, in today's world, every preacher thinks he knows the message. Yep. I don't think I know any other preacher that used the word speculate. But thing, saying you need to be a little more confident. Don't speculate, man. The people will start to wonder. No, I'm telling you exactly as I say. If I don't know the answer, guess what? I don't know the answer. I just told you today that I know a lot of scriptures to talk of judgment. Isaiah 24 and all these scriptures. I preach about judgment. But I don't hear from God specifically. About a date when things are going to happen. And God allows that. It is the grace of God that touches my mind and I make statements that I don't even know I'm making concerning the future. It's the grace of God. But like Samuel, this great man that when he was sent and he was with Eli, you remember when his mom took him and he went to Eli and Eli, God was stopped stop using Eli and was moving over to start using this young man, Samuel. And Samuel, his mom took him and mom did a good job. When our children are ruined, it's the parents to begin with are to be blamed. We sacrifice our children to the idols of the 21st century, and we expect the church to do miracles. You want your children saved, put your knees down and pray for them endlessly i'm not talking five minutes i'm talking about agonizing like nehemiah agonized for days without food there's gonna come a time when we will my mom prayed for me and that's why i'm here that's why brother sam is here she prayed all the time for us and god answers prayers and um when you think about this In chapter 10 there's Lord sounds and, and chapter 11 It tells you about The two witnesses And we talked about that Just last week I think about The measured place The altar is temple is measured The altar is measured And the people are measured Before God Will give a great outpouring Upon the church Which is yet to come The church can't be A slipshot church There must be some Standards of holiness that does not come from a man-made source. Amen. It comes from God. Now how will it come from God? Because the preachers are playing golf. Huh? The preachers are too busy watching the raptors lose the game. How hmm? How it will come? It will come when preachers stop thinking about what's the best restaurant to eat in town and how long I can pray tonight Are uh, losing my sleep and tarry before God. That's when the Lord is going to speak to preachers. And I believe this measurement might be given to the seven thunders and it's passed on to the work of God. But John is only seeing visions and emblems and And he's seeing things that are coded. But there'll be a measurement given to the church, not from a human source. And we, when God gives us that measurement, we'll have to shake off traditional measurements that that were passed on to us, not from God, but from our leaders with all good intention of the past that might have passed on some non-essential standards that we don't really need. I can't change anything until the Lord gives us the new measurement. Until that time we'll hold on desperately to our standards. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. We're not going to chuck in. No, we must have something but a must come up with your standards. No, then it's going to be worse than the fathers that are, are gone from us. We need God to give the measurements. And then it comes down to chapter 12. Uh, it talks about this man child. And chapter 13 talks about the world wandering after the beast. We're going down the line and seeing events after events. Chapter 14 talks about a bride, 144,000, having the father's name written in their forehead. And when I look at that, I can't make this qualification by myself. There's nobody that can qualify to meet what we're having here without Revelation 11 being fulfilled. Without the Lord giving the two witnesses that power and that move like it did on the day of Pentecost, we have a fresh unction of the Holy Ghost we ain't going to follow Jesus. But these followed the Lamb whithersoever he got. In their mouth is found no guile. They are without fault before the throne of God. I'm looking very seriously. Can I find somebody? I can't find anyone. We all have a little slip somewhere. We're all taking sips of the cup of the devil. And then... Take a little gulp of the cup of the Lord And then a sip, sip, sip all week Of the cup of the devil Brother Sam and I, we learned a song We heard a song We didn't learn this song But we heard a song When we were growing up It goes like this You want me to sing it? It says I go to church on a Sunday The vows that I make I break them on Monday The rest of the week I do as I please. Then I come Sunday morning and fall on my knees. Does that sound familiar? That was like prophecy when we learned that song because that's what's happening today. People have God on a timetable. And guess what? He is a jealous God. He never takes your leftover. He let Abraham travel halfway across the world. To fulfill a plan that he had for Ab- for Abraham, but you sit in your little uh, secured, uh, ple- pleasurable corner of the world and think God is going to just bow to you? He gotta be kidding. And then we come down to chapter sixteen and where it tells you about the vials being poured out, and then <clears throat> the vials are poured out, and then chapter seventeen talks about this great whore that sitteth upon many waters. In her hand is found a cup Of the wine of her fornication But you know I'm really coming to chapter 18 And lightly touch it there today Because in chapter 18 The idols of gold are gone The idols of silver are gone The idols that we look at in Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 9 They're not there anymore So nobody has security anymore But it says there uh, here in chapter 18, I'm backing, going forward a little. And the Lord says uh, that Babylon is fallen, is fallen. It says Babylon the great, verse 2. Uh, this uh, After these things I saw another an angel come down from heaven, having the earth. And the earth was lightened with his glory. Amazing. And he cried with a strong voice saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen. And has become the habitation of devils And the hole of every foul spirit And the cage of every unclean bird For all nations have drunk of the wrath Of her fornication And the kings of the earth Have committed fornication with her And the merchants of the earth Are wax rich Through the abundance of her delicacies But she falls And when she falls The abundance of her delicacies falls too and then it goes on here, leave verse 4, we're coming back. Our sins have reached up into heaven, verse 5, and God has remembered her iniquities. You see, iniquities is not found in the ungodly world. Iniquity is found in the religious world. And that is why we need to examine ourselves to see if iniquity is working in our midst because if we have man-made principles and man-made order and we have our own little fabricated way of serving God, it is iniquity. If God has not ordained it, it's iniquity. Well, you do whatever you want and God says, as long as you love me, you do whatever, you serve me however you want. Many rivers lead to one ocean. Well, the God I serve does not operate like that. Jesus said, I am the way. Not a way, the way. There's one way, Jesus. He says, I am the way. No man come to the Father but by me. Well, we will kill you. It doesn't matter. I am still the way. And we must understand this that when God is ready to really judge the world, it says here <clears throat> it says here uh, the Lord has judged the world. Uh, Therefore her plagues, verse eight, is come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, and be, for the strong of the for the, for strong is the Lord who judgeth her, and the kings of the earth. ...who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her... ...shall bewail her and lament her... ...when they see the smoke of her burning standing afar off... ...it says here, verse 11... ...and the merchants of the earth... ...the merchants, businessmen... ...everybody, not only politicians... ...not only uh, people in society... ...but the rich people, the rich people, the merchants of the earth... I shall weep. Why are you going to weep? You See, John is only saying a little bit. He's talking about the tip of the iceberg. Men will kill themselves if all their wealth is gone overnight. You know who will survive? I look at the kids today, how they flaunt themselves. They flaunt themselves. They go and sit at a restaurant and they leave half the food. Mom, I don't like this. That, I don't want that. When we were growing up in poverty, we liked everything. We were blessed when we had one apple divided in four pieces. But today, the kids don't know what it is. And if today, all electricity in Ontario goes out for one week, I would not suffer. My grandkids would. I know how to survive without a flush toilet. We were brought up tough. And you know who would not suffer so much? The simple people that are not carried away with the luxuries of this world. So my friends in the church, pamper yourself. And when this happens, it says the merchants of the earth... Uh, He says verse 12, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stone and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all fine wood and all manner of ivory and all manner of precious wood and the brass and the iron and the marble, cinnamon and odors you name it, every aspect of commerce is affected. That's when you don't have your idols of gold anymore. God burns the idols. See, chapter 9 tells you there's still idols to run to. So you don't need to repent. But this one, the idols are gone. You can curse God and die. or Change that. You can curse God. You see, I'm getting better in my English. You see, sometimes I speak Guyanese, sometimes I speak Jamaican, sometimes I speak English, and sometimes, I don't know, I speak Desmond. So what is God telling his people? Listen, I know in the past we said we came out of Babylon, but here is in the future. Here is what the Lord said in Revelation 18.4. He says, I heard a voice from heaven. Not from an organization, <clears throat> not from a movement, but a voice from heaven. If you understand how God is, will judge this world, you would not come under the influence of it. Amen. It says, come out of her. Read it. Come out of, come out of her Who? If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, who are the, my people? You see, conveniently, we take the scripture and says there's some people out there. Listen, my friend, my people is the ones in here. Amen. My people is not talking about some unknown person that got a lot of sin. My people are the ones sitting right here listening to me. If we're God's people... We're like Israel that came out of Egypt but Egypt still sits in our hearts. Our preachers today feel that they need the theological understanding of apostate Christianity and get some degrees and get some name and get some title. We got to give up that hogwash. Pardon my crude language. We got to give up, come out of her, my people. And tomorrow I'll show you how what we are holding on to Paul flushed. The things that were gained to him he counted but dung that he might win Christ. Today we need to count it but dung that we might win Christ. What our mama and our grandparents taught us is not relevant if it contradicts what God is going to give to the church. And so, when the Lord gives these measurements and gives this order to the church before He pours out the Spirit, I want us to get our hearts ready to make the changes. Examine your life and see if you got some of the assemblies of God still in you, or some of the paganism, pagan pagan religions still in you, some of the custom. Uh, listen, to be serving the Lord is not putting a little Jesus in your old lifestyle. The things I used to do, I must do them no more. Because when I'm converted, that's what happens in my life. So today, today, God is saying to his people, give up Babylon. Give up the world. Give up the idols that we have cherished and uh, harbored in our hearts. Give it up. May God help us to give it up. Amen? Let's pray. Father, once again, we thank you for this service tonight. And we ask, Father, that you will let the words that we have heard tonight not return void unto thee. But, oh God, it is so easy for us to hear a message and ignore it. Like they did in the days of Ezekiel. They came to hear the message, but your words were never meant to change their lives. They enjoyed the word because they had itching ears. Help us, O Father, that when we hear your word, we will honor you enough to change our lives and ask you for your help and guidance. Forgive us of every trespass that we have, Father, and every sin that we might have in our life. And, O Father, cleanse us from every trace of Babylon and the world that's residing in our lives, Father. Purge us, from these idols that might be still lurking in our hearts. Save us from 21st century idolatry, Father. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen Amen. and amen.